Good morning. Is it really good? Okay. Well, we've been talking about relationship tune-ups. And, um, of course, a sign out there says free. (laughs) Um, We, first of all, introduced the first message, which was God's everlasting love for us. And then the second message was our response to that, which was to really to love God, love Christ just like he loves us. But we said that that brings a problem because we have a, sometimes we're wounded, wounded bride. And what happens is that we have areas that need to be healed. So that message was about uh, getting low by getting real. And we needed to get healed. So we went through that. Last week, we talked about God's requirements for husbands. That was exciting uh, for the ladies. <laughs> we talked about uh, really men uh, basically said God's requirement was to work, number one. Uh, number two, to be the spiritual leader. Uh, he needed to also be able to teach the next generation the fear of the Lord. Uh, that was number three. Uh, you know, men needed to create an environment, a health-giving environment for their mates because God has called them to be um, whole and without spot and blemish. Uh, so we talked about that also. It was really, really exciting as we went through what the scriptures basically said. And the last point, number five, was that um, from First Peter chapter 3 that he was supposed to dwell, dwell with his wife according to understanding. And, of course, all the women say, yay, on that one. Now, uh, the women, I don't think, are so happy today <laughs> because we're going to talk about you. And the men are just grinning. <laughs> you know, they say, yes, get them, Pastor, get them. Uh, but it's, it's a different message. Don't say, oh, you know. It's a different message. Uh, it's not entitled the way it would have been God's requirement for women or for uh, wives. It's not that title there. It's really entitled, um, basically, the power of an, of an obedient wife. The power of a, an obedient wife. Now, I could have said the influence, uh, but I didn't want to say influence because influence is more or less one of the things that people have uh, you can have social standing and have influence. You can have uh, occupation that the world looks on as, as great and have influence. You can have money and have influence. Uh, but wives have more than that. Wives, they have power. And I put it like dunamis. That's, that's how I like to say it, like dunamis, uh, the Greek, Greek word for power, one of them. And I like to say it because uh, women have the ability to capable uh, they have a capability of doing, changing things in a man. They really do. And so that's why I entitled that. Anytime you see the stem duna on something, D-U-N-A, uh, it, it means to be able to or to be capable of doing, changing things. It has in it that power to change things, the power to be capable of doing some things. And women, you have that. You have that power. Now, I'm speaking to single women, too, because I think just like single men last week, we need to understand that you need to be practicing getting ready because you do make a difference. Now, just go to the, we'll go to the scripture just a little bit um, to set the stage for this. In Proverbs chapter 12, Verse 4, you know, Proverbs gives this contrast between the wise and the foolish. And, and I'm going to pick out two verses here. In 12, 4, it says, an excellent wife, and if you're reading the King James, it'll probably say a virtuous wife, is the crown of her husband. The crown of her husband. Now, that's exciting. And I tried, uh, when I thought about it, 
yesterday, I was going to get a crown and wear it, the whole message. But <laughs> when I tried to find one at Seth Reynolds or at uh, the party store, they just had paper ones, and I didn't want to look, I didn't want to look cheap because, <laughs> because women are not cheap, you know? They're precious. So, so I, you know, I called uh, Elder Dadio to see whether uh, Heritage uh, Drama Department had, had, had a nice one things like that, but um, uh, it wasn't available. So anyway, uh, the fine arts center, they were closed. So I was going to try to talk to King Arthur, uh, but he died. So <laughs> couldn't, <laughs> couldn't get to him, okay? But an excellent wife is the crown, do you hear me, of her husband. Not, not a pearl necklace, not a diamond necklace, even though it might be elaborate, not, not a, a bracelet that might be diamonds, even though that's wonderful also, that's too low. She is the crown of her husband. You can think of crowns and have all the jewels in it, and it's the thing that stands out. When you come in the presence of the king, that's the first thing you see, that crown. You know he's a king. Well, when you see a man and you, and, and you know you see his wife, you know that that wife is his crown. She makes a difference. She really does. Let's look over and um, I didn't read the other parts of that. You can read that on your own because that's not you. That's somebody who is not saved. Okay. 14. 1. A wise, the wise woman builds her house. A wise woman builds her house. And that's what we want to concentrate on is because that's what you do. You build a home. You are the one that I don't care what kind of house it is, you're the one that makes that house stable. You're the one that brings wisdom in it. You're the one, wives, who really because we, we, we have weaknesses, you're the one who strengthen our weaknesses. A lot of times, I know my wife, uh, she, uh, she really intercedes for me and goes before me and keeps me out of trouble because a lot of times I don't know how to respond in certain situations and because God has gifted women with uh, areas that men don't have, she helps me. And she builds that house and calls it to be a house of peace a house where the word of God goes forth. Uh, she is, and women, you are, wise when you build your house. Now, we know from Genesis, let's go there. We know the opposite of that is turn it down with your hands. We know that. And we saw last week where, uh, let's say, go to chapter 3, verse 6 in Genesis, well, it says, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes, that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from the fruit and ate, and she gave also to her husband with her, and he ate. Now, that's not a, an example of a wise wife. Because the first thing we're going to talk about is how to propel your husband into all the things that God has called him to do. How to be a helper suitable for him. And Eve, unfortunately, didn't do that. In fact, she did the opposite. And it wasn't her fault alone, of course. Because he was with her. And he knew what God said. But I'm telling you, wives, I'm telling you, women, you have power if you're obedient to God to change that man and to propel him into the things that God has for him. Now, suppose she would have been wise enough to do what I'm going to explain to you to do today. 
through God's word. Seven things. I know I gave five to the men. Uh, but women, they are, they're the crown. Women, they're the power. Uh, it's not that you all have more things, requirements than, than men. No, it's just that you are, are complicated. And um, men are simple, you know. I mean, we, we, we are easy to, you know, dissect. Uh, let me stop while I'm ahead. <laughs> Let's go to chapter 2 and do the first of the seven things. Last week I gave seven, five things for the men. I, I just called them out and then I uh, went one, one by one. This time I'm, I'm going to take it one by one with the, with the wives because I don't want them getting ahead. That sounded good, didn't it? I don't, don't want them knowing what's happening yet. Okay. Verse 18, chapter 2, verse 18. The first thing that God says to a woman and to wives and to women, in order for you to have the power that he's given you and has given you, he said that it is not good for the man to be alone. It is not good. Now, when he made everything, of course, he said it's good. In, actually, in verse 1, of verse 27 of chapter 1, it says God created man in his own image. In his image, God created him. Male and female, he created them, and he blessed them. He said be fruitful and multiply to fill the earth, to subdue it, to rule over it. Rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the, every living thing that moves on the earth. And he's told that to, to both the male and the female. Females, you are not inferior in any, in any form or fashion. You know that from, from my teaching through the years to a man. You're equal. You're in the image of God. Matter of fact, if you did studies, you'll know that women mature faster than men. And sometimes it happens in that men have we haven't caught up in marriage. If we get married married early. We haven't. I know I wasn't. Minerva was more mature than, than I was. And of course she had opportunities to be more responsible because she was the oldest of a lot of kids, whereas I was the youngest. And so uh, she was more responsible. And men, it's not, it's not anything to uh, look down on for us, but it's just to look up and say, thank, thank you, Jesus, that you gave me a woman that's mature that's going to help me. It's good. So when he says that I will make him a helper suitable for him, I don't want the ladies to say, well, why is it all about him? Why couldn't he have made the male, and said, he's my helper. I don't know. But I do know one thing, that God knows what he's doing. God is good. God set everything in order. And so I can't question God. The only thing I can say is that God helped me be what I'm supposed to be. And that's part of humility. But I know I'm responsible for this helper that he's given me. So therefore, women, the first responsibility is to be a helper suitable for your husband. There's power in a woman being obedient to this command. There's power. Ooh, there's power. A helper is, is, is an assistant. It's a, a partner in ministry. A partner in life uh, is not someone who's uh, walking behind you or anything like that. It's somebody who you're all together in everything. You are inseparable. You are one. Bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Uh, you are uh, glued together, as the scripture would say. 
suitable, corresponding to. No one else corresponds to man except the woman. The counterpart, completing him, complementing him, helper. It's power in being a helper. I know that men, we have to, since we have a helper that God has given us, we have to know what God is calling us to do. We have to know the game plan. We have to get before God and say, God, what are you calling me to do in this life? Because you've given me oneness with me. You give me a partner. I'm supposed to be leading her. She's supposed to be helping me. How can she help me if I don't know where I'm going? Women, you can help pray for your mate. That he'll have direction. How can you help a man who doesn't know where he's going? Life is more than just getting up, going to work, coming home, and doing whatever, going to bed, getting up, doing the same thing day after day from the time you, in your 20s to the time you die. If we haven't achieved the, the will of God, the purpose of God, then we have squandered our life. We have not been good stewards of our life before God. We haven't. Regardless of what you may think about work, men, God has put us here to glorify him in everything. And this scripture from Genesis to Revelation is about Jesus Christ. It's about heaven and hell. It's about getting people out of hell and into heaven. It's about uh, getting them from separation from God to intimacy with God. It's about ministering to a lost world. That's what it's about. So I don't care what kind of job you have. If you're not doing that, if you can't do it on your job, and obviously your job might not be your ministry, but if you can do it on your, on your job through your example, obviously we're going to do it through your example, but you, got, you, you, got, you have to be leading somebody from where they are to more where God wants them to be. You have to be doing something for God. It can't be just going to work. We have many examples of that through Scripture, especially in the New Testament. We know that Jesus was a, a carpenter, and we know he was a good carpenter. But I don't know anybody talks about his carpentry. I don't know anybody talks about the tent making of the apostles. I don't know anybody talks about all what they did. It's just for, for you know, their job. It's what did they do for God. Now, of course, I do know that your job can be your ministry. Praise God. But let it be your ministry. Let it be going somewhere. Then your helper can help you. Number one, ladies, is that you're called to be a helper suitable for your husband. There's power in that. Let's go over to the New Testament. Let's go to Ephesians. Let's talk about a word that you don't want to hear. A dirty word in most people's mind, women's mind in particular, and men, we have abused it. There is power in a, in a, in a wife, verse 22, chapter 5. There is power in a wife who is submitted to her husband. Power. I mean power. Because we're talking about obedience to God. Let's read it. Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. And the King James might say, as unto the Lord. I like, to, I like to say it like that because, women, your responsibility is to be submitted to your husband, your own husband, 
as unto the Lord. It's for the Lord's sake. It's for the Lord's sake that you're doing this. Minerva doesn't submit to me because of me, because I don't deserve it. I have flaws. I make mistakes. But she does it for Christ's sake, for God's sake. Because she wants to be obedient to God. Oh, and there's power in that. There is power in that. And men, the, the minute we start abusing that is the minute that, that you start being disobedient to God because you cannot, you, you never, you really don't hear of Christ really trying to beat the church over the head about submitting to him. Because most of us have missed being and submitted to him in some area of our life some period of time. Can we say amen to that? So we know that if we're not submitted like we're supposed to be, and, and husbands, of course, you know that your head is Christ, and you know that you have been submitted to Christ like you should, then, of course, how are you going to ask somebody to be submitted to you and demand somebody to be submitted to you if you're not submitted to Christ? So let's don't think that wives are supposed to be submitted only. It's everybody being submitted, every single person being submitted. There's not a person in a family that's not supposed to be submitted, not one. And it starts with the male. He's supposed to be submitted to the word of God, to Christ, which was last week's message. And then the, the children, they're supposed to be submitted to the parents. So the wife's supposed to be submitted. It's just submission all in, in society, all in, well, it's not in society, all in the kingdom. That's what's in the, in the kingdom. That's what it is. It's being submitted. Because it says so in the scripture. It said that the head of Christ is the father who is God. Isn't it? Come on now, don't let me have to turn to it now in, in, in Corinthians. You're supposed to know that. And also, the head of the man is, and the head of the woman is. Everybody's submitted. If Christ can be submitted, obviously we can. Can we? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody has to submit. So it's really not a dirty word. There's power in wives who submit. Oh, there's power. There is power, even to someone who doesn't deserve it. There is power. Let's look over at another scripture. The first thing, wives, there's power in being a helper, suitable for your husband. Number two, being in submitted to your own husband, as unto the Lord. Number three. Let's go down to verse 33 of chapter 5. It says, nevertheless, it's, it's kind of wrapping it up here, what he's already said. Each individual among you also is to love his own wife, even as himself. And the wife must see that she respects her husband respects her husband. The third thing, first thing was being a helper, suitable for your husband, being in submission to your own husband as unto the Lord. The third thing is what? Respect your husband. Respect your husband. That, that word respect is phobio, and uh, English word is phobia, isn't it? And, and it's, that's like an irrational fear of particular objects or things, or, or things like that. And that's what that word came from. And, and really, probably in the King James, it probably say, see that you reverence your husband. That's what it says. Reverence your husband. It means respect your husband. That's what it says. I want to read to you. I'm reading out of New, New American Standard. I want to read to you to amplify what the Amplified says. It says, let the wife, that, that part, let the wife see that she respects and reverences her husband. Now, now here's the way the amplifier kicks in. So it, it really takes these words and illuminates them, puts synonyms to them. And it says that she notices him. She regards him. Honors him. Prefers him. Venerates him. 
That means to regard with admiration and deference. Esteems him. That she defers to him. Praises him. Loves him. And admires him exceedingly. All the men say amen. <laughs> That's what it says. That's what it says. Now, women, I know this hard. I know it's hard. You know, when it, when it says in 1 Peter 3, it says that, uh, in verse about 7, it says about the women being a weaker vessel. Um, <laughs> you know, we don't have the arm wrestle to figure that out. But the thing is that, uh, is that regardless of, of, of you, know, you know, women can bear more pain than men. Um, you know, you, we know that, don't we? Yeah, they, they, they can endure hardship greater than men. Um, but this weaker vessel, obviously women are in a weaker position. They really are. God has put the woman, the wife's role as in a weaker position than the males. Yes. That's why there's so much power in a woman who obeys the word of God. Because you'll find out that the harder the, 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 the task that God gives you, and you do it, the greater the rewards. You'll find that out. I mean, all through scripture, the more difficult it is to do, the greater the reward. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. That's why uh, it's, it's so much many rewards come when, when, when our churches put, a, put aside their differences and come together for things. There are the great rewards for that. The power of God is released. It really is. When bodies are a body as diverse as anybody Anybody in the body of Christ, no, no, no matter if it's all Korean church or whatever, when, when, when they walk together in unity, there is power. We know that because of the Tower of Babel. We know that because of Psalm 133. We know that because he says that unity, there's power in unity, isn't it? Power in unity. Because unity is so difficult when you have Satan who's a divider. But, there, but if, we can, if we can overcome the flesh and overcome him, there's, there are great rewards. So there are great rewards for women. That's why I said there's power in a woman obeying the word of God. Power. If she's a helper suitable for her husband, if she's submitted to her husband as unto the Lord, her own husband, and number three, if she responds Respects her husband. And when I do weddings, when I ask the lady, uh, will she uh, do something towards her husband, I, I say it just like that for an amplified. Yeah. And I say it just like the word says it uh, for the men. Yeah. Because it's a serious thing. It's not just um, getting married and, and think you're uh, going to have such a good time. It's not all about just this honeymoon. You know? It's work. It's work. Yeah. It really is. A good work, but it's work indeed. Women, how can you respect your husband? You say, I respect him. Uh, one way you can respect your husband is that don't embarrass him in public, okay? Don't embarrass your husband in, in public. Some people do that. Uh, you know, they, they, they'll say negative things about their husband in public. He might be telling the same old joke he tells everybody, and she said, "Why right, don't tell the same old joke. Wait a minute. No, don't embarrass him. Let the man tell his joke, you know? Let him tell his joke. Don't embarrass him. That's not respecting your husband. Really? Really? <laughs> Don't get in trouble, Sam. 
Yeah, we do that sometimes, don't we? You know, he'll, he'll, he'll get ready to say something, he'll say, and uh, he'll be saying something, something. Hey, don't say that. Don't say that. You know? Don't correct him in public. Don't correct your husband in public. Public also is in front of the kids. That's public. In the household, it's public. Don't embarrass your husband and correct him in front of the children. That's not respecting your husband. You really lose. Listen to me now. I'm just telling you now what respect is and what is not. You may think it's okay. It is not okay. It's not okay. Lift your husband up. I don't want your husband telling the children one thing and you go back and change it. That's not respecting your husband. Everything is quiet. It's not right. Because the children are going to start disrespecting the husband. They're going to start coming to you. And if, even if they, he tells them something, they're going to come still to you and you see can they undo it because they figure you will. And they won't say it to him, but they'll be saying it inside. Oh, oh, oh. You thought you were going to get me to do this. Ha, ha, ha. Mama, mama told you, didn't she? And in most households, children know who to go to. And they usually try to go opposite where they're supposed to go. They're going to try to go to the weaker one, usually. The one they can get their way with. Husband and wife are supposed to confer with one another, make a decision, and then let the kids know. Now, if the one man has already made it and didn't confer with you, then that's okay. Wait till you get behind closed doors. And then let them know, sweetheart, you know, uh, when you said this, uh, that was probably not the best thing to say uh, because this ha- was happening in, in his life or her life, and, and therefore it, it, it caused this right here. Um, I wish you had talked to me first. But even though, I'm going to stand with you, and I'm going to back you up in what you said. But please confer with me next time before you do something uh, like that, a major decision, and we can be together on this thing. And, and keep it like that. Okay. That sounds good. doesn't sound good, but it is good. <laughs> it is good. Respect your husband. Respect him. You can think of many ways. Ask your husband... Women, how can I respect you more? He'll, t- he'll tell you, unless he's scared. And so you have to give him permission now. You've got to give him permission. You've got to give him permission. See, because the next one is that not only do you have to be his helper, suitable for him, there's power in that, there's power in submission, there's power in, uh, of course, respect, but the fourth one is that there's power in giving him attention. Oh, we like attention. Okay. And sometimes men uh, uh, might not tell you what they might want to tell you about, oh, you don't respect me this way, you need to respect me more this way, because they might afraid that you might withdraw your attention from them. And nobody wants uh, to not have the attention of their wives. We've treated cold towards the wives. That's not good. So sometimes men will hold back. So women, when, before you ask the man that, you tell him, sweetheart, tell me the truth. Tell it just like it is. I want to hear it. You know? I can take it. I can take it, sweetheart. Tell me. I'm not going to withhold attention from you. Then he'll, he'll say, you sure? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'll tell you. Maybe if you did this. Come on, tell it like it is. Lay it on the line. Then he'll tell you. Draw it out of him. He'll tell you. We all do that, woman? I hear three. <laughs> oh, come on, ladies. Do it. Do it. Yeah. You're singles who, who are young, not, not married yet. Ask your parents. 
how can I respect you more? Because you need to be practicing respect. And a lot of times we don't respect our parents like we should. Don't look over there, Amber. I see you. (laughs) How can I respect you more? If you don't practice respect now, you're not going to give that man respect either because you're going to be just as familiar with him as you are with your parents, and and it's going to be the same old, same old. We have to get healed. Your mama said that. Got to get real. Got to get low. So you need to start. It's very important. We have to, one, be a proper helper, suitable for him. Number two, ladies, got to be submitted as unto the Lord. Number three, power and respect. Number four, give him attention. Give him attention. Give him attention. Particularly, see, you're used to doing it before you got married. And especially before the children. Because, see, my my wife, see, she uh, she had a little one and she worked also. uh, Then, you know, sometimes she's busy. She got a little one crying, you know. She got to change the diaper and all like that. And, and, And then I want attention when I come home, you know, later than I'm supposed to come home. Give them attention. Give them attention. Number five, I think it is. Is that correct? There's power in encouraging that husband. Oh, there's power in it. There is power in encouragement. You don't know how much. I could do a whole message on, on encouragement. Really. Because we all... We're supposed to encourage one another daily. We're supposed to do that. Now, of course, we know that these, none of these were for the man. But he's supposed to respect his, her, his wife, shouldn't he? Yeah. He's supposed to uh, give her attention, shouldn't he? He's supposed to encourage her, shouldn't he? But let me tell you, there's more power in a woman doing that to a man. There's more power. Oh, she can change that man. You know it, women. You know you have power. You know that. You knew it when, you, when, when, when he was uh, pursuing you. There's power. You have power. You get that man do anything you want him to do. Come on. Am I right, ladies? Yeah, you get him to do anything you want to do. You found out how to do it. I'm trying to, trying to help you to do it. Legally, okay? Legally, according to the word of God. Encouraging. I want to read you something. This is um, a lady by the name of Sophia. If it were not for her encouragement, we probably wouldn't know this person today. After Nathaniel Hawthorne, was fired from his job at the Salem Custom House. This is in June 1849. And he went home depressed down in the dumps, and, and he was just sad, and he told his wife that he had just been fired. And just listen to what she said. She said, good. And that's odd, you know. But that's what she said. She said, good. Now you can write your book. What do we live on in the meantime? Hawthorne asked. His wife opened a drawer. Filled with money. I have always known that you are a man of genius. So I saved a little each week. This is from the allowance that he, he was giving her. She saved some. And now I have enough to last for a year. Now Hawthorne used that time to write what we probably um, have read, probably, the Scarlet Letter. He's the one who wrote this. And <laughs> this, he wrote it within, I guess, it was mid-March of 1890, uh, 1850, that he finished it, less than a year. This is what Sophia uh, said about her husband. She wrote in one of her journals, I'm always so dazzled 
and bewildered with the richness and the depth and the jewels of beauty in his productions that I'm always looking forward to a second reading where I can ponder muse of fully and take in the miraculous wealth of thoughts. Now, how many wives say that about your husband? <laughs> really? See, uh, she was familiar probably with the Amplified version. <laughs> yeah. See, the Scarletto was one of the first mass-produced books in America. It sold 2,500 volumes in 10 days. It became a, best, a bestseller in the United States, and it initiated his most lucrative period as a writer. That's because of the encouragement of a wife. Now, she could have said, oh, no. What did you do? Didn't I tell you to stop? You know, come on. Come on we've we, we heard that before. You know, we've heard that before. But she didn't do that. She encouraged her husband. Women is so much power in encouragement. See, the world is trying to get rid of us as husbands. See, we know that Satan is trying to get rid of us. He doesn't want us around. And Satan, he, he, he would try to get us fired from our workplaces, try to get our businesses so it's going downhill so we'd be down in the dumps. Women, there's so much power in you encouraging that man. Don't let encouragement come from somebody else. He doesn't want encouragement from some other lady. He wants encouragement from you, his wife. That's what he wants it from. And he will, he, he, he will do anything for it. I'm telling you, I don't care what our love language is. Mine, you know, I told you, was acts of service. But let me tell you, when Minerva encouraged me, boy, I tell you, boy, it puts a smile on my face, you know. And, and if it were not for her, I wouldn't be here today, standing in this position. Because the enemy has tried to beat me down so much uh, in being in this position that sometimes I, I, I just... I would just cry. I would just cry. And, and Minerva is the one who would say, sweetheart, look, you get your eyes on Jesus. He is the one who determines success and failure. You know? Get your eyes off of people. You know? She's my encourager. You know? Your wife is your encourager. And young people who are single, practice encouraging your parents. Practice encouraging, if you have a job, your coworkers. Practice encouraging your employer. Practice encouraging, here's a good one, your siblings, your sister and brother. You know? Somebody said, mm. <laughs> That's a good one. Because if you can encourage your, your sisters or brothers, Oh, you, 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 you're really practicing now. You're really practicing now because, because you don't want to do it. You don't want to do it. You see? Let me tell you, it's times you don't want to encourage your husband either. Guaranteed. When he hasn't done the things you want him to do. Yeah. Come on. Be real. But I'm going to tell you, there's power if you encourage that man. There's power. Number one, there's power in being a helper suitable for your husband. There's power in being submissive. There's power in being respecting your husband. There's power in being giving him attention. There's power in giving him encouragement. Let's look at the sixth one. It's only seven. Completion. Uh, the sixth one, let's turn over to First Peter, chapter 3 for that one. There's power in having a 
meek and a quiet spirit. Oh, somebody say amen. <laughs> oh, come on. See, see now. See, you don't want to be quiet and meek, huh? You don't want to be. That's the word of God. That's the word of God. Isn't it? Women, you don't know what the word of God says? Let's look at it in verse 1, chapter 3, 1 Peter. In the same way, you wives, be submissive to your own husband, so that even if any, see that's the same word I told you, it's power. Even if any are not, if they are disobedient to the word, it's disobedience could be because they are unsaved. It's disobedience because they are saved, but they just don't do what the word says do. And we all have been there, have we men? And our wives know we haven't been obedient to the word of God. But it says that wives, you be submissive anyway, even if they are disobedient, that they may be one without a word. Without a word means no word. None. By the behavior of their wives. As they observe your chaste, that's undefiled, pure, and respectable, that's reverence, respect, we've, we've gone over that, behavior. Let your adornment be not merely external, braiding of the hand, wearing gold jewelry, or putting on dresses, but let it be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable quality of a gentle, that's meek in the King James, and quiet spirit, quiet, peaceable, undisturbed from outward circumstances, which is precious in the sight of God. There's power. There's so much power in it. It says that you can change that man. You can change that man if if you can, can be obedient to the word of God in this area. Don't nag him. Don't, 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 you know, just tongue lash him. Don't keep getting on his case about the same old, same old. You, you should have found out by now if you've been married longer than a year, it's not going to do any good anyway. Really? But if you, can, if you can just say, God, this is between me and you. I'm called to be obedient to you whether he does or not. I'm called to be submitted to you whether he's not. So without a word, I'm going by my behavior, I'm going to win him over. Because winning over is up to you anyway, Lord. This is hard to do, Lord, which you know. I'm expecting a great reward, Lord, because your word says so. I'm not going to say a thing. I've asked him, I've asked him all week to get this thing of trash can out. He hasn't done it, Lord. I'm going to take it out myself. I'm going to take it out myself. Oh, come on, women. If you do this, power, power, power. I could tell you another story, but I'm going to save that, I think, for next time. There's power in this. Women, you can win them over, come on, without a, how hard is it, women? Hard. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. Hard. I know how I know how you feel. Lord, let me just tell him what I think, and then I'll be quiet. <laughs> no. No, there's no power in that. No power in that. No power. And the last thing, number one, there's power in being a helper suitable. There's power in being submitted to your husband. There's power in being respectful, isn't it? 
Showing respect to the husband. There's power in giving attention. There's power in giving encouragement. There's power in having a meek and a quiet. I mean, this is demonstration. It's demonstration time. Now, why, why did God say this to, to, to women? Why did he say that? He didn't want the word of God to be blasphemed. He didn't want it to be blasphemed. He didn't want it to be. Because that, that's, that's what will happen. People outside are, are watching us. They're watching you at your workplace. They're watching you. They're watching our marriages. They're watching. The last one is in Titus 2. I've heard women uh, speak on the subject uh, of teaching women. I've heard men, great men of God, teaching on it. Nobody wants to touch this. I don't know why. But um, I didn't want to either. But how many know we're supposed to get the whole counsel of God? Okay. In Titus chapter 2. Verse 3. Uh, it, it says here that the, the older women, likewise, are to, likewise dealing with the men, talked about older men before, are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gospels, uh, nor enslaved by much wine, teaching what is good, so that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands to love their children, to be sensible, pure workers at home. Workers at home. There's power, women, in being workers at home. Okay? Now, let me give you the opposite, opposite of that. In Timothy, uh, probably chapter 5, verse 13, it says, it was talking about the widows in the church. And it was talk, started talking about the young widows. And it says that uh, don't put them on the roll, basically, because they, they, their sensual desires, uh, they, they're going to they disregard what they have pledged to do, and they're going to want to get married and things like that and bring condemnation on themselves. Uh, it says that, verse 13, at the same time, they also learn to be idle. This is... Uh, these are the young widows. As they go around from house to house, and not merely idle, but also gossips. And one, one translation would be tattlers. You know, they want to they tell us, hey, did, did you hear about such and such and such, such? You know, nobody asked you about such and such and such. You know? And busybodies talking about things not proper. They need to be keepers of the home. There's a lot to do in the home. If you work outside the home, this is not a message against working, out, work, working outside the home. It's a message in that you're responsible for that home. A wise woman builds a house. A wise woman builds a house. Okay? Now, if you know that, you know that the children need to be taught. You know that the man is supposed to work. He's supposed to delegate that to you, basically, and he's, but he's supposed to come home and make sure it's done and do it himself if it's not done. So it's supposed to be done. You help us be suitable for him. But let me tell you, that house needs to be in order. It needs to be in order. That house needs to be, be a place of refuge for your husband, for your children, for you. It needs to be a, a place where the word of God is exalted. It needs to be a place where, uh, like I said in Deuteronomy chapter 6, it will say that you're supposed to teach the children when they, uh, when they sit down, when they rise up, when they walk by the wayside. You're supposed to teach them all the time. That's what you're supposed to be doing. Your house is supposed to be a house where it's being done. So if you work outside the home, it's your responsibility, uh, man, because you're the one supposed to be working, and if your wife is working, then you're supposed to come home and you better get the thing done together. Don't, don't you come home and expect your wife to cook dinner, to clean up the house, get the kids' homework out, get them, get them baths and everything, put them to bed, read stories to them while you do your thing. That's, that doesn't work. That doesn't, doesn't work. 
It doesn't even work if, if she were, were, were uh, in the home by herself with the children. It doesn't work. Okay? So you all together are supposed to make sure that house is a house of where it's clean. Because believe me, if it's not, you're teaching the children. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter about, you know, uh, your education spiritually. It doesn't matter. Let the church do it. Let somebody else do it. A wise woman builds a house. So nowadays you don't go from house to house walking. But we do have cell phones, internet, don't we? Facebook. We can get on and chatter, 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 chatter. Now, after a while, you don't spend two hours on this thing. All I'm telling you, wives, is that in Titus, it's down here, isn't it? Is it down here or not? So let's don't be busybodies. Let's don't get hung up in doing all these things. Let's make sure our house is in order. And whose responsibility is it? Uh, let's go back to last week. Whose responsibility is it? The husband to make sure it's done. To make sure it's done. It is. It's your responsibility. If you are asking that lady to work, you know, to help you pay all bills or whatever it might be, uh, a different uh, living lifestyle, I don't care what it is, then you're responsible for helping to build that house. You're responsible for helping uh, cook. Don't be telling me I can't cook. It's my, not my responsibility. It's not hers to work either. According to scripture. Oh. Yeah. Get in there and wash some dishes, scrub some floors. I had to do it. I knew I was teaching this message. You know, so she, she washed the mat. She goes in the kitchen. She said, you want me to put it down there after you scrub the floor? And she just grinned and left, left the room. <laughs> she, she put the mat down, though. I said, okay, God. I took the mat up, scrubbed the floor. I said, hey, is this okay? Do you want me to do this, the other side also? She said, that's good. Okay. Hands and knees. Hands and knees. Don't have a mop. Hands and knees. I'm telling you. You got to do it, man. You got to do it. Now, Minerva doesn't work outside the house. But um, she did. We had three little children. And she worked. And I didn't help do a thing. Or mess up stuff. Really. Sad commentary. That's why the older men teach the younger men. Don't do what I did because I messed up. The older women teach the young women, don't do what I did. Look, this is what you're supposed to do. It's got to stop somewhere. The word of God has to start somewhere. You see? My mother and father didn't teach me any of this stuff, but it has to start somewhere. Women, there's power in these seven things. The first one is to be helpers suitable for your husband. Number two, be submitted to your own husband as unto the Lord. Number three, respect your husband. Number four, give him attention. Number five, encourage him. Number six, okay, have the character or the uh, conduct of a meek and a quiet spirit. And number seven, okay, be a homemaker. Be a homemaker. Be a homemaker. I don't care how it's done. I don't care how many jobs you have. Both of you all together, get it done. That's the bottom line, isn't it? Get it done. Okay? The children shouldn't suffer. The house shouldn't suffer. Should it? Okay? Y'all still love me? <laughs> oh, let's stand. 
Now, next week, you know, this is supposed to be the end, but it's not. Next week, uh, the reason it's not going to end, because I, 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 I was thinking, I said, well, I haven't, I haven't told them anything about, suppose it doesn't work like the scripture says. Then what we're going to do? Suppose it doesn't work. Suppose this is going wrong, that's going wrong. Suppose I'm a single parent. Suppose this has, suppose this has, Suppose he's asked me to do this. Suppose I want to cover some of these supposes. Because we've had a lot of supposes in counseling. You know? They weren't supposed at that time. Uh, they, they're actually happening. So there are answers. There are answers to these supposes. Okay? And I want to help you through them so you won't uh, fall in that same situation. Does that sound okay? Now, if you want to uh, give me some supposes, uh, just uh, email me. Uh, you can email right from the uh, right from the website. You can email me, Pastor Willard, Comcast.net. Uh, just email me. Email the church office. Just email me. And say, here's something I'd I'll, I'll like for you to cover, this question right here. Suppose it's right here. And, and, you know, you don't have to put your name. Don't even put your name. It's fine. Don't even put your name. You're what I'm going to have it anyway, because I have your website. <laughs> I have your little email address. But I'm not going to say, aha, uh-huh. guess what Minerva asked. You know, I'm not going to say that. Okay? I'm not going to expose you. That's not right. Okay? But I'll, I'll cover it. Would you all do that? You know? Give me something to, that, that might be happening that not to you necessarily, but to a friend of yours. You know some situation. You want to be the minister of this friend, and you just don't know what to do. God covers it all. Father, we thank you for this message, Lord. The message is, we thank you, Father, that the only way we're going to do this, Lord, is to go to the cross, to die to sin, to get rid of our selfishness. That's a word that came for today. That's given to me is that now's the time to die to selfishness. Because it's not about me as a husband. It's not about us as males. It's not about the wives or the, or the females. It's about you, Lord. It's about your glory. You created us, created us for your glory, Lord. Our marriage is supposed to be for your glory. My obedience is supposed to be for your glory regardless of what Minerva does or what she doesn't do. Her obedience to you has to do with you and her. doesn't have anything to do with me. I can make it very hard for and have in the past. And I'm very, very sorry for that. And I repented for that. And therefore, it's created change in me. I'm not there. None of us are there. We're trying. Today, Lord, is a day of repentance. Because we've heard now the messages for the males. We've heard the message for the females, the husbands and the wives. And I believe, Father, that there are calls for some repentance, some changing of minds, because I don't believe we're all there, Lord. Because if the wives are really going to do the things they're supposed to do, there are husbands, Lord, who are looking for mothers out of their wives. They're looking for somebody to baby them. And the wives get tired of it. Just like Minerva got tired of me. Wanted her to baby me. God, she stepped back. And, and, and some of the women are going to have to step back. And let these laid back men lead. Through our encouragement as a wife. The wives have to encourage them, sweetheart, that, that you can do it. Yeah, baby, but, I, but, but you can do it. But you can do it, baby. I have confidence in you. I'm just awed. I just, you know, dazzled at your ability. 
Speak those things that be not as though they were. Come on. That's what God does to us. Is anyone here that hasn't given their life to Jesus Christ? If you just raise your hand and put it back down, I would like to pray for you. Is anyone here that, you know, you want to rededicate your life to the Lord? Just raise your hand and put it back down. We'd like to pray for you. If there's anyone here that said, well, you know, I have not been doing what I was supposed to have been doing as a husband or a wife or as a, a female, as a male, uh, you know, I want you to pray for me. Raise your hand and put it back down, please. Father, I want to pray for those needs. Father, in the name of Jesus, the person that raised their hand for rededication, Father, we want to pray that this day is a day that they're coming home. They're coming back home as a prodigal son came back home. They're coming back home. You have your arms open. And you're waiting. I want you to just repent of your waywardness, the person. You can, you can just do that. I need breath. Just repent of your waywardness. That I, I've, I've strayed away. Father, forgive me by your grace. I'm going to walk the way you're asking me to walk. I'm coming home. That's all you have to say. Anything like that. That's all. For those who raise your hand that you haven't been doing what you want to do, and this is a day of repentance. Repentance is a change of the mind. Today, Lord, minds have been changed. They're going to no longer want to do what they want to do, Lord. They don't want to do what the flesh says to do. They want to do what your word says to do. In spite of the way they feel. Father, we repent of having our own way saying our own words, thinking our own thoughts, using the body language that we want to use. From this point on, we're going to be, by your grace, Lord, different. We're going to press towards the mall for the prize of the high calling. And the word says that we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. We thank you, Father, for your cleansing, the cleansing of the blood of Jesus that continually cleanses. We thank you for giving us the desire to repent. We thank you, Lord. Father, we ask that the messages that come forth that gives people hope even though things are not going the way they should go. Father, give us grace to be able to say what you are saying that we can help the people. Lord. 